Hey y'all, welcome to season two, episode two of Podcast Here. This is Rachel, your host. First, a note about the podcast itself. I'm learning a lot about podcasting this season and I'll be applying what I'm learning to the podcast. So stay tuned for that and thanks for being patient. This week's episode features Gabby Sales. She is a travel blogger and she recently graduated from college and moved to Arizona. She's been hiking for a little over a year now. So it was cool to talk to her about how she got into hiking and all of the benefits that it's brought her. Like a lot of us, Gabby turned to hiking to help her mental health. And I love hearing stories like that. You know me. Uh, Mental health is so important. And I love highlighting stories that can help other people find solutions to their mental health. Gabby is also working on her 52 hike challenge. We talked a little bit about how she got into that, how she finds her hikes, as well as what she learned she really needs to bring with her. (laughs) Here's my interview with Gabby. My name is Gabby, and um, outside of adventures, I love to do some freelance writing and marketing, as well as writing for my blog, which is like a travel and outdoors one. Well, let's start at the beginning. So you grew up in New Jersey. How did you end up in Arizona? Well, um, my parents actually moved there like last year, and I... I just finished college exactly a year ago, and I figured maybe I should try something new, chase more adventures, and I thought when I visited Arizona for the first time, 2016, I was like blown away, and I used to travel back and forth to visit my parents, especially last year, from New Jersey to Arizona, especially during um, the holiday breaks in college. Mm-hmm. So I figured, wow, uh, maybe I'll just give it a shot, you know, to actually live there. Actually live with my parents back home so I could uh, save on the student loans. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of hard after graduating. Totally. I hear you there. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you go to college? I went to Rutgers University cool. in New Jersey. What did you study? I studied strategic communications and public relations, but I mostly do, like, marketing work, or I've done a lot of marketing work. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's really cool. So how did you start doing the 52 Hike Challenge? So I actually think I discovered it from one of my, um, one of the people that I follow on Instagram, who's also a travel blogger. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So I clicked on her Instagram, and then I read about it, and I figured, wow, this is actually a cool challenge. Um, I w- my heart wasn't all in it when I saw it, like, to start doing it. But after a few weeks of thinking of it, I thought, you know, since I was hiking a little bit in Arizona already, like, solo, I figured, yeah, I, I think I should just go for it. You didn't do a lot of hiking when you were growing up? Um, no, I was not outdoorsy at all. I actually spent a lot of my childhood just, um, beyond the computer. Like, I was really addicted to playing virtual games online, and it would be, like, hours being on the computer. Like, I don't know what I was, I don't know why I was so addicted to it, but I would say, like, I was kind of a computer nerd, um. I was, like, experimenting, too, with computer programs like PaintShop Pro, creating graphics, videos, and then I self-taught myself how to code. Cool. 
and I was experimenting how to make websites, and that's kind of connected to why I wanted to pursue marketing later in life. Mm-hmm. I actually decided when my friends were like telling me, like during college, oh, let's go on these hikes, and I was like nervous because I had no experience really with hiking or anything outdoorsy except the time that I went camping in Fairview, New Jersey mm-hmm. in sixth grade. <laughs> and that was my only experience. I remember like dying on that trail in <laughs> sixth grade. And I was trying to uh, catch up with a huge group of my classmates. And I, that's what I was like nervous about when my friends were like, let's go on this hike in northern Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll give it a go. And I figured there was like an adrenaline rush I had from hiking. It just felt so good coming home with like sore legs and feet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a satisfying feeling. Yeah, it really is. Do you think that hiking more has sort of helped you in other aspects of your life too? Oh yeah, most definitely. So before I actually like started solo hiking, which was just last year, um, I would actually travel a lot more than actually do these outdoor activities. And when I would travel, I would bring like a few of my best friends and they always thought, travel, I mean, hiking while traveling would be a good way to explore a state. Mm-hmm. So I went on like hikes and um, it was really fun, like seeing all the views. I still wasn't fit then. Like I, I was trying to catch up to my friends still. I mean, it was, it was an experience and that's when I figured like hikes aren't that bad after all. Like I, I kind of want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Like where do I start, you know? Was getting in shape when you first started hiking, did it? I know I stopped hiking for a really long time, and when I came home from college, I had not left my couch for more than, like, a one-mile walk in, I don't know, years, and getting back into hiking and getting back into shape was one of the most frustrating things to me. I think, for me, I really can beat myself up in my mind, and I often will tell myself, like, you should be better than this or you could be better than this. And I would, like, compare myself to other people. Did you experience any of that at all? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, exactly how you just were there, like, comparing myself. And I actually, like, I never really played sports when I was young, so I couldn't relate to, like, just seeing everyone, like, go fast on these trails or anything. I But I knew I had to take my time. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are one of the benefits that I gained, which is, like, the physical aspect of it, other than just dealing with, um, you know, getting those mental and emotional and spiritual benefits that come with hiking. Yeah. And I um, actually, before I did solo hiking in Arizona, I actually like running sometimes outside, and I actually ran for, like, two months straight, like, every other morning. Mm-hmm. By like the mountains I live by, and the mountains I actually live close to is called White Tank Mountains, which is just 13 minutes from my house, and it's pretty cool seeing that view. Like that motivated me when I was running. I do like some body exercises, so I think that really helped me before I actually got out there more. Mm -hmm. 
how did you, when you were hiking with friends, when you first started hiking, how did you sort of let them know, like, I'm going to go my own pace? Or um, was it hard for you to, like, vocalize that you wanted to go your own pace or that you needed to? Yeah. Um, my friends would actually give me tips. Oh, that's you know? good. Yeah. Yeah. So it really helped with that and I think that's where I started learning like how to really get my foot on the right you know footing um, and just facing my fear overall because some hikes that I really did was like like intensely high mm. but I I'm just kind of I'm like still scared of heights but I think I kind of overcame it a bit yeah like in the last couple months that's great do you, so did you struggle at all when you were younger with, like, mental health problems at all? Or, I mean, even now, I guess, too. hmm Yeah, when I was, like, younger, I'd actually felt depressed often, oh, especially in middle school. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's because, you know, in high school or middle school, you feel like you want to fit in with people, and I never felt like I was able to fit in. I mean, I started making friends then, but I was very antisocial or like I just had anxiety socializing mm-hmm. with people like I hardly spoke I hardly participated in classes but meeting people through school kind of gave me confidence and um at the same time I just started feeling like down on myself because I just thought I wasn't doing well enough at school or like I started experiencing like with the wrong group of people like um hang out with them yeah, there was just a lot of trials and errors I had to go through to actually reach to this point of feeling more happy within myself and just start that journey of self-love. But, like, for this time in my life, being 24 years old, I I just started thinking of, like, positive ways to uplift myself and, uh, you know, seek help, whether it's from professionals or like from my friends and supportive family like I really feel like I'm blessed with a great support system and that's really what helped me challenge and overcome a lot of my mental health issues that's great yeah I think having Uh a support system has been the most important thing for me as far as like getting making my depression less, uh, like, debilitating, you know? Um, But I think asking for help was, like, the hardest thing for me for so long. And I know – I think one of the biggest reasons I got used to asking for help was during through hiking when you get trail magic. You're not going to refuse it. You're going to accept it. I mean, you're in the middle of the woods and someone's giving you a cold Gatorade and you just hiked 15 miles. Of course you're going to accept the Gatorade. (laughs) But bringing that home and equating that to, like, asking for help from, I don't know, your family members or whatever, I think got a lot easier after someone just during hiking and backpacking offered to help first and showed me that, like, it's okay to accept help because sometimes you actually do need it. Like, if you don't know how to put up your tent, you better ask for help. <laughs> um, but things like that. So how is that any different, sort of, I guess, from the real world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, that was, like, something that I struggled with, too, asking for help. And I 
I was just like stubborn. Like I just kept pushing away my problems. Like, oh, this is nothing. You know, mm-hmm. they don't go away on its own. But then, like, it came back again. Like, oh no, this is how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. And with hiking, I never even thought how great it would feel for me. Like, I didn't even think this hobby that my friends introduced to me was like something that I really like to do. I just thought like. You know, a hike is just some type of exercise, that's it. Mm-hmm. But until you're actually out there on your own, you really start to pick up on what it could do to you. Like I said, like emotionally, mentally, and every aspect that you could really feel when you're looking for a positive outlet. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think, um, like I know for me, it really helped me I don't know what it is about hiking but you can just think through things better and you can sort of problem solve I don't know more efficiently or like more clearly and I'm I think for me it's really helped with decision making and just processing things and like getting a better understanding of pretty much everything like what I need or a project I'm working on or whatever like if I'm having a problem I go for a long walk or a hike or a run and those are, like, the only things somehow that seem to solve anything. Um, uh-huh. Do you think it's done anything like that for you as far as, like, your thought patterns and things like that? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Like, I, I noticed from, like, hiking, you know, I'd be working on, like, some marketing projects and just writing. And I felt like that really boosted my creativity. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I feel the same way with decision making. And, like, just... Just understanding, like, having acceptance to your problems. I thought, like, walking it out would, like, really make me feel like, you know, these are these are problems that aren't going to stay forever. They will come and go. Mm. And, you know, the more that I hike, the more that I, I could think clearly on this. Instead of dwelling on, you know same stuff that I just kept putting in my head or like the anxiety that I was building up in myself from you know the trauma that I've gone through yeah absolutely do you think it's done anything for your self-worth at all I know uh for me I think like hiking has given me a lot of confidence and maybe like a lot of clarity on I guess like who I am and what I want regardless of like, nothing I'm doing has changed. Nothing in my skill set has really changed that much. I've learned a lot about myself and gotten a lot of perspective, but somehow my self-worth seems to, like, get better with hiking. Has that happened to you? Yes. So my self-worth before, like, I, that, didn't even, that did not exist. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I think, like, in middle school, I had no self-worth. Even, like, well through college, I had zero yeah. self-worth. Yeah like sense of self too right like totally who am I growing up to be yeah like who am I like what do I even value what do I even want mm-hmm. from life yeah like those things like like where do you even begin you know especially when you're young like mm-hmm. how do you even like build up that self-worth but I, I think I realized definitely finding a purpose and like knowing what you like doing Mm-hmm. to really help you, you know, bring that self-worth 
I, I just like been surrounded by so many toxic relationships in my life and it's kind of hard to find self-worth when you're surrounded by these people that will influence you yeah. to take a certain way and for so long I just didn't know how to like get away from that or how to really you know pursue myself as this positive person mm. Yeah, totally. And even how to like, how to talk to yourself. I think the way I talk to myself when I'm hiking or when I'm running or when I'm doing something that I know that I can do or that I'm good at or that is motivated by a goal or something generally makes me more um, like kinder to myself in my internal dialogue, you know? Mm -hmm. And I never experienced that with anything else. And I'm generally like, like when I'm writing, if I'm having a hard time with a passage or something, or I'm working on copy and I just can't get it, I will start to beat myself up. And that only makes it worse. It's not going to solve any problems. It's not going to make your writing better. It's going to make you more tired, right? But like, I never knew how to talk to myself properly until I started hiking. And it has nothing to do with like teaching myself how to speak to myself nicer. It's, it just happens. Yeah, I. that's what happened to me, too. It just happened. I really didn't know how to talk to myself, too, for, like, the longest time. And all I knew was, like, like bring myself down. But that's not really what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, like, hiking really brought up a lot of, like, thoughts to my head. Like, you know, maybe I should start appreciating what's out here, you know, what I, god has to offer in terms of like nature and like i almost forgot that this stuff existed when i was stuck in my dark thoughts Mm. or like when i would be like working a lot throughout college and not really taking that break that i really wanted to do yeah absolutely yeah hiking was like one of the things that i like i'm so grateful for and to even doing it like alone and being inexperienced was just mm-hmm. mind-blowing for myself because I never thought I'd do this, like, even two years ago. Yeah. So were you nervous when you went on your first couple of solo hikes? Oh, yeah. I was. Some fire just lit up on me. Like, I was, I just moved to Arizona, and I didn't really have friends because it's pretty hard to make friends when you just move to a new place. And I was just stuck in a home with my parents. I mean, I love them very much, but I just wanted to find something that I could do in my spare time. And I figured, wow, there's like mountains everywhere in this, you know, mm-hmm. the state at the corner. <laughs> and that just brought me to this idea like, you know what? Everyone that I've met so far in Arizona, they would talk about, oh, have you ever hiked this? Or have you ever done this? And I was like, one day, I'm just going to go to this place. And the first time I did it, my solo hike was at the McDowell Sonoran Reserve, and that's in Scottsdale. And I told my parents, I'm going to go. You know, my parents aren't outdoorsy as well, so of course they aren't going to come with me. This hike, the solo hike, is actually like, 1,000-foot elevation gain, which is, like, kind of a lot for, like, someone who is not as fit or, like, inexperienced. 
I, I don't know. I think I just chose a hike that just looked so cool with your photos, and I figured that that was actually one of the best days of my life. That's awesome. How do you find your hikes, typically? So I love this app called All Trails. Yeah, it's a good but, one. <laughs> like, it was so good. Like, I use it all the time. Yeah, I can't live without it. It really helped me, like, find um, more direction. Like, I, I was never, like, good at directions. Mm. But this, this directed me, like, how to find my own way around and just understanding, like, what I'm going to go through beforehand. You know, reading reviews really helped. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. So you travel, too. Like, I feel like every time I travel somewhere, I gain some kind of new perspective. And I don't know, that's just the most valuable thing to me as far as traveling goes. What What do you think, or I guess, how do you think traveling more has, like, benefited you mentally? So when I was young, my parents would take me and my siblings out to road trips a lot. I almost forgot about these memories because of, like, what I said with these dark thoughts. I never focused on the good memories. Mm. And I felt, like, looking back, it was, like, one of the best times ever in my life. For example, driving all the way to New Jersey, all to Florida. It was, like, really cool stuff to experience just going from place to place. And I feel like that I could relate with hiking in, in that sense. Like, moving from, you know, experiencing new things along the way in a trail. And I I just feel like it was the same feeling for me. Um, it's really boosted, like, a lot more positivity because mm. I was seeing new sites. You know, I, I felt like this was, like, the best thing for me was just traveling and meeting new people, seeing yeah. new places, Last year, I actually traveled to seven national parks, five of them with my parents, and I think that's where I also got inspired to start hiking, when Mm -hmm. I saw, like, all these national parks and how, like, enormous they look and just majestic in general, and I was, like, blown away, like, how there's so many trails here, but I haven't even experienced hiking any of these, except for, like, Yosemite National Park. Mm. Yeah, the views that I saw were life-changing. Yeah, I think national parks are a huge way to get into hiking and get into the outdoors, especially for people who maybe have never hiked before, like don't know how to navigate trails. Like they'll have maps and guides and people Uh and (laughs) you're not alone, which is good. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, and what you said about like navigating yourself using maps I think like that's how I started figuring out where should I explore like how do I explore this area because like I said I wasn't great in direction Mm. and I think this was also just a great start yeah it's a good introduction I know it I mean I've been hiking my whole life so I don't really I never really had like a fear of getting lost or anything um and I've always lived near just, like, random trails and random woods that weren't really, like, special or marked or anything. But I've talked to so many people who have never hiked before, and they're like, I just don't even know where to go. <laughs> like, I don't even – I don't know where to yeah. drive. I don't know where to walk. I don't know what a trail even is. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. 
So yeah, I think that can be like a big barrier for people who have just never really been outside before. Yeah, that's why I think, like, just being introduced to, like, local places at first uh, or, like, just going on, like, a cool travel trip could really help you start to understand, I guess, this is where I should begin. And, you know, being surrounded by just, like, a great influence of people that are willing to go out. And, I mean, I've actually bought a couple of my friends to do things. And they would always tell me, like, oh, my God, Gabby, like, I feel so good. You know, I kind of want to do this again. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have you experienced, like, any other sort of barriers to the outdoors besides just, like, not really being sure where to start? Yeah, so I've actually hurt myself twice from hiking. I was hiking Camelback Mountain with a friend, and I was, like, just going down and randomly you know how like Arizona has a lot of cacti mm-hmm. cactus. yeah so there was like quick note here I'm uh learning the limits of my recording equipment <laughs> this part of the interview cut out a little bit because my microphone turned off and my macbook started to overheat while she was talking but Gabby started to tell me about when she got pricked by a cactus during a hike, and I'll let her finish the story here. And I was in pain, like, I, it was a sharp stabbing pain in my thigh, and, like, my friend Drew helped me get it out, but then a couple minutes after, like, 30 minutes, I started getting a little itchy on that area where I got pricked, and I thought it wasn't a big deal or anything, mm. but then later that night, it really swelled up to, like, the size of like a medium-sized rock or something it, it was huge and I was like this is not normal like this this looked like a it started like looking like a mosquito bite and then it grew and I knew like <laughs> like this is like hot to the touch and this is itchier and it, it just looks so bad on my skin and like I even asked my parents what do you think this is because this is I feel like this is more than a rash and they're yeah. like, you should go to the doctor and figure it out. I went to the doctor the next day, and I found out that this was cellulitis, which is a bacterial infection. And if left untreated, it could, like, go to your blood and cause sepsis. Wow. Yeah. Like, one cactus prick did that, and I, got, I had to be hooked to antibiotics for, like, 10 days. But then by the ninth day, I was actually feeling much better. Um, yeah. And I guess it went away, but now I have this scar on my thigh. But it's like, if anyone asks me, I could probably just tell them a story. Yeah, there's <laughs> a good story behind the scar. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely scary, though. <laughs> it is. It's pretty scary. Like, I was unprepared in that moment because I had no tweezers, and my me and my friend Drew just kind of pulled it with her, you know, our hands. Mm-hmm. And, um, at the time, we didn't even have hand sanitizer or anything to just, you know, clean ourselves before pulling that. I just knew I was in pain and I wanted this out of me. Yeah. And I had nothing on me really to, like, I I kind of made a mistake because there was a bathroom coming down the trail. And I, the first thing I should have done was just wash it with water and soap. Do you carry anything for first aid now? Yeah, now I do. That's good. (laughs) 
I think that's another thing for like new hikers is, you know, what do I keep in my backpack? Like, do I need a backpack? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what gear should I bring, you know, especially if you haven't done this? And over time, I started learning and getting advice from other hikers on trails. Like, before, I just bought, like, hardly any water or, like, I didn't even have, like, a flashlight on me. Mm. <laughs> really nothing. And, like, I just relied on my phone to, um, mapping around but i've learned that actually maybe printing out maps for yourself or getting maps before you start hiking on a trail or like downloading a map on your phone and bring of course bring a portable battery yeah the portable battery is key oh my gosh (laughs) anywhere you go really yeah totally so did you have you like written about this kind of stuff on your blog at all about like beginning to hike yeah, I actually have this article called The Ultimate Guide to Soul Hiking and the benefits of it. Like, from my experiences, I just wrote down, this is how I started it. And it's just, it's a pretty, like, lengthy post. So I tried to be in detail as possible mm. of how I could help new uh, hikers. That's awesome. I'll, uh, I'll link it in the show notes so people can go ahead and just click on it and read it. Because I think that would be helpful to a lot of mm-hmm. listeners who have maybe never been hiking before, too. Most definitely. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you sort of got into freelancing? Sure. Um, I actually started, like, when I was in Arizona. Before that, I've never really freelanced. Like, I ran for, like, online publications, like, her campus during college. Mm-hmm. And I would always contribute to my college newspapers. I was also a copy editor for them. I, I knew I loved writing. The moment that I started writing stories back in elementary school. Yeah, so this year I thought maybe I should just pursue more writing, but more like professional work. Uh, so I wanted to build more my, my portfolio. Like I've done like other marketing work like throughout college, but writing for companies or like just putting more uh, articles out there on online publications was something I was kind of, like, new to. And I figured I'll apply for this one company who actually is looking for freelance writers, and they do SEO work. I started learning SEO writing from that, which has given me a lot of experience, at least at the aspect of business. And then Mm. I think what really pushed me more was my blog. Yeah. Yeah. The blogging was just so fun for me. So I was like, let me just try and submit my work to like other websites. That's awesome. So have you just been sort of like submitting your work to different sites and pitching or have you used any platforms too? Yeah, I do like mostly pitching. Yeah, it's been like awesome to... To write for websites besides my own blog. Since you left college, have you done just like part-time work as well, or has your freelancing been able to fully support you? Um, it has not fully supported me, but I feel like it, it has really given me more experience so that I could pursue a full-time job. And I wasn't really ready to make that jump to get into a full-time job, especially in Arizona, because I 
you know, I just moved to a new state. I want to explore a bit more. And I was battling a lot of issues with my mental health, like my severe anxiety. And I was trying to just get over things. And I don't think, I, like, it would be great for me to just be in an office surrounded by, you know, new people. And then, like, I, I was actually a marketing coordinator for a company last year in New Jersey. And, I mean, I love the work. I loved all my coworkers, but I, I think from there I did get a lot of, like, coming home from work, I got a lot of panic attacks for mm. some reason, you know, it just came over me, and, but the depression just set in again, and I was like, I think I'm just going to sleep. Yeah, you, you know, just go to work, work, and then you go to sleep, and then you get mm-hmm. nothing done, and you never experience anything else. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That was so me, especially, like, right out of college when you're, I don't know about you, but I, I like, had an internship every semester on top of sports, and I was, like, playing in a band, and I had just so much going on during college, I think I just burnt myself out, and then I came home, and I was just so depressed. I would just go to work and come home and sleep. And I would never hike. I'd never do exercise. <laughs> I had no passions. It was just like just uh-huh. function, just enough to get to work and survive, and that was it. Yeah, that was exactly like me. Like I just wanted to survive today. Mm. You know, from going to work for like several hours, almost like I almost like took up eight hour shifts, and then go to class right after. So I thought like, oh, there's enough time to nap. You know, mm-hmm. but then I'd like wake up with like my alarm clock would wake me. I'm like so exhausted. Like I have to go to class now, and you know sometimes it'd be like two classes after, and after that I'd have to study or like I'd have to be involved in like you know these clubs. Mm. And it's, it was just like I had no time for myself really to take a break. And I think that's also why I really love hiking is because it's really given me that that break I wanted outside instead of being stuck inside mm-hmm. and having to do things that I mean I was doing all those things for me but I was also doing a lot of things for others yes yeah I think a lot of stuff in college for me was I did what I thought I should do or what someone else told me I should do or I like I had this plan that I made in like I don't know, ninth or 10th grade or something and I just was sticking to the same plan even though I should have changed it And a lot of those things were just what I thought I should be doing. And when I removed should from my vocabulary, like on trail, I started realizing like how much I was doing for other people that those other people maybe asked me to do, but a lot of times never asked me to do. It was something that I took on myself. And I think that relieved like so much pressure and anxiety for me. But I never would have known that I was doing that or realized that it was such a problem for me if I was working all the time. Like, I didn't realize it until I was hiking and thinking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Like, I didn't realize, like, how much things I was doing last year until, like, I'm on a trail. I'm like, oh, my God, did I really just spend, like, like almost, like, a 40 hours plus week in a week while I was just staying on top of just, you know, getting school done. Like, how did I even do it? I thought. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. There are so many weeks in college that I look back on, and I I literally have no idea how I did it. Like, I, I guess I didn't sleep, but. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're in it and you're so just, like, stressed out and anxious, like, you're, if your anxiety is high enough, it can keep you going for weeks without sleeping because you're just 
your heart is pounding, you're anxious, your thoughts are racing. It's like, just get it done. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. If I'm focusing on something, I won't think about my racing thoughts and everything will be fine. (laughs) But it's not fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can relate on that. Like, um, you know, staying up late just to finish this one paper, like studying. And I think that one thing that really helped me function, but it was so unhealthy was, well, at least for me with anxiety, was coffee. Like, oh I, my gosh, yes. <laughs> my blood was coffee. There was uh there was one month so my I've talked about this a lot like on my blog and I guess I've probably mentioned it in previous podcasts, but I my senior year of college I tried to commit suicide and the months leading up to that I mean I've I've really coped with it and processed it by now, so I'm I guess I sort of talk about it casually, even though it wasn't really casual, but it's be- I think it's better to talk about it than not to because I know I know that someone else is going through this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I think the two months leading up to it, all I had was coffee, granola bars, and like pasta. That's all. That was my whole diet. <laughs> and it's like yeah, it's like just talk about feeding your anxiety, like non-complex starches, sugary granola bars that do not fill you up with fake protein in them that's, like, way isolate, and some some coffee. Like, talk about anxiety fuel. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But I don't, you know, when you're in it that deep and you're just so focused on just making it through or getting it done, you don't realize that, like, you're not eating or that what you're eating isn't good. You're just, like, oh I'm hungry I gotta just put something in my stomach and get going like this isn't I this isn't worth my time somehow mm-hmm. yeah I I agree like when you're so so busy and into that mindset of doing everything at once you, you just like go for the easiest thing like you don't want to you don't have the energy to cook mm-hmm. you don't have just the time to even do that and the brain power to think of what you even want. I don't know what I want to eat. I don't yeah, want to uh, eat. That's the point. I just want to get going. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's my appetite, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Know. And I'm sure oh, depression and anxiety just make appetite problems worse. Like, I know even now when I'm I'm less stressed out now, I only have, you know, freelancing and a job and, you know, podcasting's a hobby. It's great. But, like, I don't – I guess – I'm a lot less stressed, but I still sometimes lose my appetite, and that's just, like, a side effect of depression, you know? That's true. Yeah, I I lost a lot of my appetite, too, from, you know, my racing thoughts. A lot of it did come from when I was dealing with just breaking up with my ex-boyfriend, and we dated for three years, but... It was all very toxic, you know, in every way possible that you could think of. And I think a a big part of me of why my anxiety really built up to having this last year was because, you know, I wasn't seeking help or, like, really, I I feel like I gave in too much into that relationship or invested a lot Mm. that it left me drained because I wasn't, like, for one, me and him were not compatible at all, but I just kept carrying on a relationship that I thought, you know, at least made me feel whole because I was still, like, figuring out my self-worth. Yeah, and, and figuring out who you are. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I just didn't know where to start from, like, getting that self-love. And it, 
I mean, I'm very lucky enough to have learned it in a year because a lot of people take years, yeah. months to figure it out for themselves and how they can start loving themselves and just being, you know, single for a whole year and not having to rely on a relationship at all to make you happy. Yes. Yeah. I think being alone for some people, I mean, I know for me, being alone is like, I'm still working on it. I'm horrible at being alone. I, it used to scare me and it wasn't even just necessarily like in relation to a relationship, but just like, it's great to to be alone for a couple of hours. Obviously you need alone time. Yeah. But more than that, it would be like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't be alone for the night. Like if I was home alone in my apartment and there's no one else home, it would just trigger all these racing thoughts and I would go to like a deep, dark, depressive place. So I would consistently try to live with somebody just so that I wouldn't have to be alone at night. Mm-hmm. And that just, that dependency can take away so much from your identity too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. It did take a lot of my identity and I just like what you're saying you know I I could totally just relate to all that it just like kind of hit me right now because I felt like I really put my all in that and I just don't know how I even came by just actually finally being alone you know because I used to be scared too being alone whether it's just me wanting to go eat out in a restaurant Mm. or like watching a movie I I didn't know or even taking a walk outside yeah like especially when I was younger I just could never do that to myself I always have to invite a friend here you want to take a walk with me or you want to just uh just do something with someone you know yeah it's like if someone else isn't doing it I'm not gonna do it And you don't even realize that it's, like, fear-based or something or Mm -hmm. that it's ingrained. And you don't realize that that's a problem. (laughs) You just think, like, oh, I'm just not going to do it, you know? Yeah. And that was, like, a motivator for me, too, when I was with someone. Yeah. I think there's so many things, too, especially when I was younger, but still now that I just don't want to do unless someone else is doing it. Like, I wouldn't work out unless someone else was working out. Like, doing my homework... I had to do it at the library and I had to do it on a floor where there were other people because if I didn't, I just wouldn't get any work done. It was just like I needed like other people were my motivation for everything. And I I never realized it until like, I don't know, last year. (laughs) (laughs) And it's crazy. I don't know. That habit is so hard to find the root of and really change. But it's yeah. a, everything is a process and it like it's only going to get better with time and you get more used to it over time. And like even camping alone. Yeah, it just like puts a lot of pressure on you to like, you know, being like being used to your old ways of relying on people. And you don't really you really do start to overthink things. Yes. You don't think clear in those moments. I think some of those things that you think and you're overthinking too, like you're putting it on the other person, you're projecting, like half the time it's nothing. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. And I think for me with um, solo hiking, I I mean, over time, well, especially when I was in my relationship, I did have a lot of me time because it was just putting so much strain on me and I, I really wanted to just 
just to have that identity again. So, I, like, with me time, I would really do things that made me feel calmer. I thought, like, when I started hiking, this is definitely a me time. Yeah. Like, this is what I needed, like, a lot. And I cherished that. And I think, like, instead of having people to rely on, like, that just built a lot more anxiety on top of what I already had. And I didn't realize it. Until, like, you know, I was alone, alone out there in nature. Yeah. And I'm, I only have myself. If anything happens to me, it's on me. It's not going to be, you know, no one's going to help me. Maybe there will be, you know, emergency-wise. But just being on your own there and taking that risk is... And, and taking, like, the initiative to go in the first place. Mm-hmm. And to figure yeah. out, like, where to go and what to do and do it by yourself with no one else, like to worry about that's that's so I don't know for me it was such a relief I had no idea that it was relieving in that way either Mm -hmm. yeah it was a relief it makes you just really more motivated and you know that's where you really start to figure out what what you deserve and what you need in life and Knowing that you could depend on yourself is the greatest thing you could do for yourself. Yeah, it's kind of liberating. Very liberating. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, reaching out to me. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that Gabby has inspired some of you to get outside. I know a lot of our listeners don't hike or have never hiked before. So if you're new to hiking definitely check out her blog i'll link the post below to her guide for new hikers and um, get that all trails app downloaded it is so helpful you can also use it from a web browser stay tuned for next week i'll be talking to the boston mule from hike the good hike he was up here in pinkham notch so i got to interview him in person right on the side of the at and it just brought me so much joy to get to do that he talks to me about depression through hiking social media and a lot of positive stuff too and now a word about social media and our sponsors you can find me at trail name here on instagram on facebook.com slash trail name here and at trailnamehere.com. You can find Gabby on Instagram at Gabby Sales, G-A-B-B-Y-S-A-L-E-S, or at From One Girl to One World, F-R-O-M, the number one, G-I-R-L-T-O, the number one, W-O-R-L-D. And her website is fromonegirltoonworld.com, spelt the same way. This episode was sponsored by Freiburg Motors. Mount Washington Valley's number one choice for European automotive sales and service. You can find them at 299 Main Street in Freiburg, Maine, on Facebook at Freiburg Motors, and on their website, freibergmotors.com. This episode was sponsored by listeners like you. Thank you. If you love the show and you want to donate, you can go to paypal.me slash trailname here and donate as little as a dollar to our show. If every listener donated just a dollar, this show is fully funded for a whole year. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks for donating. If you want to support the show, but you can't afford a donation, that's okay. You can rate the show, you can leave a review of the show, you can subscribe to the show, and you can share the show on social media or with your friends via text message or email. I'd love for you to share the show. It really helps us gain listeners, and every share counts.